All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Blueprint Leadership Podcast. I'm Khalid Wright, your 18th Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force. During this time, you'll hear from some of my friends and my favorite leaders. We'll discuss all things leadership. Now, our goal is to provide insights, tips, and ultimately, we'd like to help current and future leaders find their path and reach their leadership goals. We call it Blueprint, but as we all know, there's no one way to lead. We want to share our experiences, give advice, and hopefully we can help you find your path and reach your potential as the great leader that you are. A lot of folks have been sold a, a bad carrot, right? You know, don't do it. <laughs> or do it and you'll get promoted, you know? And that's usually the wrong way to attack it. I, I always got to reflect back on how how long we've been doing this. You know, you're talking about the Prussian army, you're talking about the, 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 our first real real uh, standpoint for discipline and morale and welfare. Uh, this goes back, you know, you're talking Feldwebel, von Steuben, you, there's a, we've been around doing this particular job for a very long time. A lot of folks just don't understand that and they, and they just think, oh, it's a job. You know, it's just a job, man. I mean, this is a, you gotta be passionate about this. You gotta, you gotta love what you do. Our guest for today is my teammate, my main man, uh, maybe more than anybody in the, that has been in this past few years. Uh, this is my wingman. We've spent countless hours on the road together in the last three years, um, uh, close to 280 days or so a year. And uh, man, I just couldn't do what I do without this guy. He's the special duty manager for first sergeants for the United States Air Force. Some people refer to him and maybe he refers to himself as the first sergeant for the Air Force. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Chief Master Sergeant Manny Pinheiro. Uh, Chief, thank you so much, man. What an honor to be here. I appreciate uh, the time and more so I know your long list of associates. So uh, countering the fact that you've mentioned me is humbling, so I appreciate you. Yeah, man, thanks for thanks for being here. Uh, you know, we do this all the time. Uh, they have these types of conversations on a pretty regular basis, uh, normally on airplanes or in uh, airport terminals or, or in lodging rooms, but uh, I think it's good to have you. And I think it's good for our airmen across the Air Force to hear some of the things that, that you have to say. Um, so let's just jump right in, man. Uh, how, does a, how does a kid from the Bronx end up... Uh, a phenomenal leader like yourself. Tell, tell us tell us your story. So, you know, I'll tell you, I think it's a caveat to my life, right? Surrounding yourself with people who probably saw more in me than I saw in myself. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's a testament to our Air Force uh, when we try to build leadership. But yeah, you said it best, uh, New York City, uh, down and dirty. And, uh, and just like this conversation, we're gonna keep it ODB, so yeah. we'll be raw. <laughs> uh, I'll be straight up and tell you that um, it was not a self-made opportunity. Uh, I just didn't, I saw potential, uh, and a lot of folks who were telling me they saw a lot in me that probably the city wasn't gonna offer. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, get away from all the hustle of the 80s. Uh, it was a good opportunity to, for me to define and, and start making a, do, a yeah. new version of myself. So did you always want to be a chief? Did you know you were going to stay in when you first joined? I mean, how did, no, how no, did that all I, so play out? Master plan. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's copied throughout our Air Force when you ask people about their first uh, opportunities to serve, four years. Uh, I was going to take a trade, try to get some school, and, uh, and jump right back to the city and just see how I can redefine whatever it is I needed to do. 
Yeah. So what changed? So you know my my background, right? I'm a, I'm a cook. I'm a services guy by trade, mm-hmm. and uh, at, you know we call them chefs now. But uh, at that time, I had a good NCO who took me under the wing and, uh, and basically let me know uh, Air Force is important. But we really don't need you if you're gonna have an attitude. And as you can imagine, I had an attitude. Yeah, well, you still got an attitude, because <laughs> <laughs> I surround myself myself with people with attitudes. Yeah. Now, so would would you say this NCO? Would you have considered him at the time? Maybe you didn't use the term mentor, but would you say he was a mentor? Oh, definitely. He yeah. shaped me. Uh, Ten year. Uh, so at that time, staff sergeants were, you know, they had a couple of extra years in the box, uh, and he definitely took me aside and and told me that. You know this is important but I needed to make sure I know that it was important mm-hmm. so he took me over to the honor guard you know so it's funny because our stories are very similar in that yeah. in that capacity and that was it uh, I learned some discipline some structure uh, before I knew it I was good at my craft mm-hmm. and enough that somebody else stepped in and said have I ever thought about becoming uh, MTI and you know the story continues and here I am so so forth yeah so do you think uh, so so I, I don't know this particular NCO's name, but uh, seems like he had a profound impact on your career, very similar to, to my career. How, how do you think, do you think we have that level of mentorship in, in the Air Force today? I think it's uh, it's hard to, to find them. Uh, I think we have a lot of NCOs that care, uh, but to actually take an opportunity to pull someone uh, that they know that has potential and see, see a lot in their opportunities, um, you know it's difficult I think right now we have a tendency to promote a lot earlier than you than we used to mm-hmm. uh, doesn't define how they lead but I think it plays into a culture of shaping what ex- what's expected for an, a young airman right it's difficult but it's not impossible though oh, right no no you way know? in the world you know we got a lot of great NCOs out there uh, you know that we call them the backbone for a reason right they're the ones making it happen every day mm-hmm. um, but I think it takes a special person to actually understand and how they have their own life situations kind of planted and balanced enough that they can, you know, provide the right guidance to someone yeah. else. Yeah. So speaking of guidance, what guidance would you give to, you know, the young, um, up and coming uh, NCOs who who aspire to be mentors? What oh, advice would man, you give I'll tell them you for something that I push on a daily basis? Is man, stick true to who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the things that I think has made me. Uh, uh, have these opportunities is that I never forgot where I came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we live on this golden rule of your word is everything, um, but you have to stick to to it. It's easy to maneuver away from that because, you know, there's a lot of self in in what we do. We want to make sure that we're uh, positioning ourselves for the for the right jobs and the right opportunities. But you gotta you gotta know your own. You know, you gotta be attached to your vulnerabilities. You gotta mm-hmm. know yourself, and I think in knowing you you'll better have a better opportunity to explore uh, and you'll see that in others yeah so i, I bet uh, a lot of our our airmen appreciate the mentorship uh, that you've provided them not not only as an nco but uh, uh primarily because you've been a damn first sergeant for so long yeah, as a first yeah, yeah. sergeant so tell us about that man how long have you been a first sergeant and and how has that journey been wow so started my first sergeant career in uh, 2003 uh 2002-ish kind of saw a little bit of that additional duty piece but hard to believe that I've been in this game, you know. 2003? 2003. 16 years ago, you became a first sergeant? It's crazy, Chief. Uh, <laughs> I, I can absolutely <laughs> tell you that I am the oldest first sergeant in the Air Force. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I stepped away for a little while. Uh, you know, just like anything, it takes a toll. What's a little while? Uh, about a year. A year and change. Uh, <laughs> 
I, I actually did a different job, which uh, was a focus of a different mission. Different, yeah. uh, but I, but you know, some something led me back. I actually had an opportunity to just recently brief at your command chief's course, and mm -hmm. I, someone approached me because I said, uh, you know, I, I'm a I'm a first sergeant that happens to be a chief. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and people took that as a, man, you're a chief. And I go, no, I've been doing this a lot longer than I've been a chief. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of true to my role in, in, our, in our position in the Air Force. Yeah, so 15 years uh, on paper, really, as a first sergeant, what's, what's been the lesson? What's, what have you learned? Uh, every day I'm trying to grow myself first. Uh, you know, I think the, the biggest and probably the most challenging thing is not to lose yourself. Uh, your own identity, mm -hmm. uh, because I think as we travel through the Air Force, uh, good, bad, or ugly, indifferent, with leadership, uh, you always want to stick to what 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 you know and what has worked for you. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's really surrounding myself with the talent, you know. So I, I've been I've been blessed. Uh, being part of Team 18 has been amazing, yeah. uh, and what a great way to finish a career. Yeah. So how, how has anything changed? So from 2003, when you first became a a brand new diamond wearing first sergeant until today, right? Where you're responsible for, you get to a pretty broad perspective. You know, how, how has the career field changed? Uh, tremendously. Um, I think we, uh, well, I'll give you a, a reality check. When I came and when I came into the first sergeant community, uh, we had pagers. So that was our, <laughs> our pace of contact, right? There was no blueprint for Bluetooth, right? Yeah. Uh, the reality is, is that uh, our communication has changed. And, and the challenges that our Air Force has, has, has come across in the years has changed. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we didn't have open, uh, you know, transgender, uh, you know, uh, we didn't have mill-to-mill uh, -mill, uh, same-sex marriages. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of our society has changed uh, in, in lieu of, that's gonna change the pulse of how we do our, our business in yeah. the Air Force. Now you, you mentioned uh, com communication has changed, right? We didn't have, you guys had pagers and um, certainly there, there was internet in 2003, but there wasn't social media, as, oh, at yeah. least as we know it now. Um, how has that changed how your first sergeants, you or your first sergeants, interact with our airmen? Uh, I mean, I how think, I think uh, right now, you know, we went through a, a pause, right? People were always saying that it's changed because we're not more interactive with our folks. We don't see them in the face. But I think now we have such a stronger presence of communication because you can tie that part with all the other social pieces that we have mm -hmm. going on right now. Uh, I'll tell you, and you know this, uh, before I came up here, I was not a fan of the the whole, you know, apps are us. Yeah, you're like an old man. You're I like know, somebody's old grandfather. I truly believe that you get the best out of your people when you can look them in the eye and, yeah. and they get direction and structure and they see you tell them what you need. Um, but in, in lieu of where we are, I had to grow just like everything else in the military and yeah. just in life, right? Social pieces are part of the norm now. Yeah. I read that. Uh, I'm proud of you, man. You've done well. You got a <laughs> Facebook page. Was it yeah. earlier this year or was it? Yeah, I was fortunate. One of my yeah. teammates, uh, you know, CMSR <laughs> Harry Bubba Kibbe hooked me up with a page. And, uh, and of course, that has now led to a different, a different traction. I mean, we are really... Uh, getting a message out and it's, it's good to see when other people that you have no clue yeah. respond with a thank you yeah. uh, and that's, that's so, a, that's so a do you think uh, most leaders not just first sergeants but do you think the leaders that we have in the Air Force today have really embraced how 
our airmen communicate whether social media through reddit through memes uh, unfortunately, or is there still I, I, a, I, I still uh, believe that we got a lot of folks still behind the redwood trees you know they, they're trying to figure it out but they have lost they, they're so tied to what they knew that they don't realize the potential of expanding that uh and you know that's part of growth yeah. i think a lot of folks just like me i was caught up in you know the time warp but somebody handed me the keys to delorean and said you got to get in yeah. the game you are like somebody's grandfather because <laughs> They they old old men use those all those redwood trees and like the stuff. <laughs> it's serenity. The that's, way you talk, yeah, it keeps like, me right. Keeps me right. You don't have any grandkids yet, Not but you yet. like a grandfather. Don't even talk like that. <laughs> um, hey, let's transition a little bit to how you got here. Um, you were literally two months from retirement yes, when sir. I called and asked you to 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 join the team. Basically, dug you out of the grave and and asked you to to join Team Eighteen. Uh, wh- why'd you say yes, man? Well, you know, I'll tell you, uh, I was ready. A lot of people think that I was bitter with the Air Force, and it wasn't such. Uh, I was just ready. You know, you kind of know that. You hear that. Um, I think the Air Force was probably maneuvering a different way than what I was used to uh, in, in how we were trying to get things done. And I think we overloaded ourselves with a lot of bureaucracy versus people business. And, you know, my, I'm a fan of the people part. Uh, but when you called me to ask me to join the team, I'll tell you, uh, this. I didn't... I, you may think that it took a long time to figure out the plan, but man, that's God's work, man. This universe, right? Um, I will tell you without a doubt that uh, I saw you in action. I saw the the facelift for the Air Force and the and the, and the culture change, yeah. uh, and just the dynamics of how you were poised to uh, be part of the Airmen, and and that to me meant a lot because we didn't have that for quite some time. Um, so I was very honest with myself when I made that decision. I, I wanted to be, I wanted to embrace that. And I didn't yeah. want to be selfish right. uh, because, you know, this position is not easy. Um, but I also know that uh, it, it, it's challenging. But I also knew what kind yeah. of teammate I could be um, yeah. if given the opportunity. And you, you've been a great teammate, man. I, I appreciate um, all you do. We, you know, we always talk about iron, sharpening iron, and, and we definitely do that for each other. Uh, but you remember when when I first called you and then you told me about 15 things you weren't going to do and all this other stuff. I was like, hey, man, just go talk to your wife and call me back tomorrow and see yeah. if you want the job. But, yeah, no, I hear you. And I, and I really yeah. hope that you didn't take it. I know when you sell that story out to the masses, <laughs> it's always this. He told me what he wasn't going to do. Uh, well, you know, I kind of knew the structure of this position yeah. and what my predecessors had uh, for support. I yeah. did not want that. Right. I needed, to, if this was a tag team effort, then we were going to meet this face value and, and, and take care of the airmen. That yeah. was priority one. Uh, in the time span that I've had uh, on, under this position, uh, man, we've changed the training. We've increased uh, uh, capacity in, in, in just the syllabus of the school. Uh, we've, we've, we've matured our growth by making sure that the right people are selected for this job. Uh, I mean, there's countless of things that I can just pinpoint, but you know, as, as I sit at the helm of the of the world, uh, I've been fortunate to have some great leaders out there helping me do it. So uh, there's not a one-stop shop, right? Uh, yeah. Decisions that were made were made amongst the, the commands. So uh, I'm fortunate to have had some great teammates to help me make yeah. those decisions. Yeah, I, I would say typically when I visit first sergeants or the first sergeant academy, nothing but positive feedback. So thanks for that. Uh, looking forward. Um, Personally, let's talk personally, man. What's what do you, what do you want to get accomplished in in 2020? 
Uh, well, I'll tell you, uh, you know, this is a close. Uh, we talk about this a lot, right? We got about, what, eight, nine months left in the seat. Um, I think we just want to make sure that we're we, we, we're taking care of ourselves as mm-hmm. we run this race. Uh, you know, quote to quote Chief Master on the Air Force number 18, uh, we're going to run through the tape uh, and making sure that we are doing it uh, steadily. And, 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 and decisions that we need to make from here on out have to stay consistent with, with the same pulse, right? Same, same energy, but also making sure that we have everything embedded in the decisions. So I'm excited. Uh, First Sergeant community is is growing. So, you know, that in itself tells me I got uh, volunteers are back. So that's a huge plus in our First Sergeant world. We're uh, no longer really DSD affiliated. The process is off. And we're going back to making sure that the right individuals know what they're getting into. Uh, That by far is uh, a a huge need for the force, right? Mm First sergeants who really care about the give yeah. and uh, and making sure that they're taking care of themselves. So, and the reason that I asked you personally because this is a little bit indicative of you know the challenge that that we face and one of the things that you and I um, tussle about quite often. So I asked you personally what you want to get accomplished and and you jump right back into first sergeant stuff. So so tell me about balance. How, how do you, as busy as you are and as much stuff as you do for the Air Force and First Sergeants. How, how you take care of you, man? How you put your mask on first? Well, yeah, I tell you, I had to learn that all over again, right? Um, you know, we don't get to these positions without just kind of sitting on the sidelines. I've always been in hustle mode, and uh, and my A personality will drive that train hard. Um, but I've realized that, you know, I've, I've not done a lot good for self-care. Mm-hmm. So uh, taking a taking a knee at times and uh, and using, you know, those, those big words that I like to put out there about taking care of yourself mm-hmm. uh, I need to do that now and in the balance piece I think I like your words too harmony right how do I find that balance I wake up now you know I'll tell you I love to read before I joined this team I did a little of none of that <laughs> and uh, and that's because I was always in hustle mode as, yeah. a, as a giver right yeah. but uh, through the years man three years I can't even emphasize how much I appreciate it your, your own personal development on me um, as uh, taking that opportunity to open up a podcast or, or just uh, pick up a book and then you know you sharing those and then me sharing back and then it, get, it got to a point that we became our own Oprah's book club right we were pushing out with the message now being expanded to so many that ask man you guys have done so much and I love your leadership style can you can you share a book that you've yeah. read I mean those are huge testaments I, I think one of the things that that helps me is having an accountability partner when it comes to self-care and yes, fitness and health. And for example, when we're on the road and, and uh, we got our teammate Harry, Harry Kibbe, the fabulous Harry Kibbe here with us too. You know, when we're on the road, um, religiously, man, five o'clock, we're wow. in the gym, we wake up and we get to the gym. And there's a lot of pressure if you decide, I think I slept in <laughs> once or twice while we were on the road. And, never man, you, you never hear the end of it. <laughs> And, but you're uh, absolutely right, Chief. I think the last time Harry and I were on the road together, we actually got up and ran to the gym uh, together. But uh, I, I think having someone that helps you stay account that helps that holds you accountable no for no maintaining that balance. Because we'll we'll also um, you know you always tell me, hey man, get you some rest or go home or don't do this or yeah. don't do that. And uh, but but yeah. balance not only for us, but nah. um, that's one of the things that. Uh, I talk to first sergeants about when I go to whenever I get a chance to speak to them at base visits or um, at the the first sergeant academy too. No, you're absolutely right. I, I, you know, I, 
that's part of the big picture for us, right? Three years we've had we've had each other and I think for me that's personal because I see you more than I see my own family at times right yeah. and uh but we I, like a thing man we are yeah. man I like we, the way you say <laughs> you want to get but, into the bed but the reality and <laughs> <laughs> we got our share stories maybe later maybe later that's, yeah. that's the podcast <laughs> extra but the reality is that you absolutely right uh we keep each other on point and I've always loved that uh, about our team dynamics is that we are we are accountable to each other, and uh, and and one of the reasons I I share that as much as possible for anyone to make sure they got at least that one person that can keep them responsible for themselves. Uh, that's a that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And accountability is not always pretty. I mean, if if. Uh <laughs> oh yeah like we we, we argue in battlefront too yeah right? quite a bit but uh at the end of the day i know you have my best interest in mind i have no your doubt. best interest in mind and i appreciate it hey one one thing um s- lately the topic on social media and amongst many of our airmen has been uh toxic leadership mm-hmm. so when we you know we're obviously dealing with a a suicide and resilience problem and and we asked the teams to do a resilience tactical pause. And from that, we started getting a lot of feedback about toxic leadership. And while, you know, I know there's always three sides to to every story, there seems to be a lot of people talking about, you know, toxic leadership. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you see this issue and and what should first sergeants, leaders at every level be be thinking about yeah. in terms of... Now, I, I, I open up with probably saying that we really haven't defined what <clears> toxic <throat> leadership is. Uh, we we kind of experiment with the opportunities to see where leaders are... They, they, people think leaders are failing, but a lot of our airmen really don't know. And when we have senior, you know, senior folks like us who are now redefining in their own terms what they think toxic leadership is, it can get captivating, and our airmen will run with that, right? You're late for work, that's toxic leadership, you know? Or, you know, so there's a lot of different meanings behind it, but uh, there's no doubt that we have some folks out there who really need to take a good look at themselves before they get out there and lead airmen. Yeah. So let's talk about two different parts of it, and and I'm interested in, in the, any advice that, that you would give first and foremost to – and an airman, a person who feels like they work under a toxic leader. Mm-hmm. Like, what what are some strategies for dealing with that type of environment? And then we'll and then we'll talk about hey how how to create a better environment. Yeah. Well, you know, I, the first line supervisor, right? That's uh that's probably the the first pinnacle individual that you should probably have. Now, if that pinnacle individual happens to be the toxic. Right. So, what if my first line supervisor is toxic? Yeah. What 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 should I do? How well, should I handle it? I think stepping outside. I think you know the majority of uh, I truly believe that a majority of our airmen really feel that everything that they have for uh, for any accomplishment or any moving forward has to happen within the unit. And I've always had most of my mentors and people that I consider leadership outside of my squadron. Mm-hmm. So just maybe looking for some advice. You know, uh, one of the things that we have built. A, a huge staple on now is this uh, offline, right? You're talking about social media, sites like outreach, right? Where you have an opportunity to express yourself right. and then hopefully have somebody chime in. Th- th- those are good avenues, yeah. but I would say start somewhere local. Uh, find a, a peer that you trust, uh, kind of bounce it off. Most of the time it's a vent. 
And our airmen just don't have that. They feel like they're alone. They don't have an opportunity to be expressive. And, and you know, this is a different generation, right? This is a t an age of ingenuity. Mm -hmm. We gotta let our airmen speak. And if you find that they have a voice, they may change some of the things that you have going on in your unit. Yeah. So I, I think you mentioned the Air Force Wingman Outreach Facebook page is what you're referring yes, to. And, yes. and I, what I like about the page is that people do exactly what you're saying. They get on and they tell their story and they vent a little bit. But what I like more about it is I, I then see the community oh, yeah. wrap their arms around them, uh, sometimes yeah. collectively as a large community. And then sometimes I see you know, people that are close to them or have the same type of challenge yeah. saying, hey, direct message yeah, me yeah. and I can no give doubt. you some thoughts Call or me. advice. Uh, yeah, or those, those things are huge. Uh, and these are strangers to a lot of folks, right? But what we're trying to build is a community where folks understand the trust and that, you know, you may be dealing with some stuff. Let me tell you my story. Maybe we can find some median and yeah. getting you to the right place. Uh, you know, I, I'll tell you what I don't like to see is everyone who has a vent, they always assume that it's medical, like it's an issue with, mm -hmm. you know, and yet we deal with a lot of folks who have some mental illnesses in the Air Force and, and we, we're, we're challenged to figure that out and get them to the right people for the right resources. But at the end of the day, man, these are people. Like these yeah. are airmen who, who just, who are struggling with transition. Yeah. Uh, and you know, they should be able to walk up to someone and say, man, I, I ain't doing too good. Yeah. So. <clears throat> We, we have a responsibility to teach our our young folks, you know, how, how to thrive in suboptimal environments, I guess you would call it. So if you work in an environment where there's a toxic leader, one, we want to we wanna make sure that uh, you have some strategies, some mechanisms for coping and thriving and, and, and still achieving your goals and becoming the best version of yourself. But but honestly, Manny, you and I, we also have a responsibility to root out some of this tox toxicity. Is yeah, that, is that how you say it? That's what I'm talking about. And I'm build better leaders. So how, how, how should you and I get after, you know, building better leaders, getting the right leader in the right place at the right time with the right uh, you know, skill this set? Is, this is the hard line, right, uh, when we talk about sometimes calling the baby ugly, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of folks who achieve chiefness, right, get to this E9 rank as a chief, really think that they've hit the pinnacle of their career when in fact this is a start to kind of go, go through your own career figure out what worked what didn't work and then redefine themselves uh, so talent management is big in my life right mm -hmm. uh, I do a you know when I start defining how we choose first sergeants uh, for maturity for challenges how to cope uh, no different than any other leader. Uh, you know, one of the problems that I see that we do is that we have a checklist for who needs to go and do what. Uh, you know, we we send a new staff sergeant, tech sergeant, master sergeant down to MTI school, and we do a 360 overview, uh, basically a head-to-toe check, mental, physical, make sure that they are stable psychologically. But these are the training trainees. We don't do that for for sergeants, we don't do that for commanders, we don't do that for anybody else to screen them and make sure that they are the right fit to lead airmen. And and that's a struggle for me, because uh, if we're taking that type of presence on a training environment, then we need to see this through. The right people to be recruiters, the right people to do these essential developmental jobs that we're asking them to do. Yeah, so I mean, but some would argue that's 
you know, while making sure we protect our trainees, especially given what happened in oh, the yeah. past okay. with, and I think we all know what happened at, down at Lackland in the past with uh, MTIs taking advantage of some of the trainees. Uh, but but you could argue that, that that that's a little bit overboard. So some of these same folks who who go through that entire process and they get rejected there and they mm -hmm. they can't pass the 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 test of sorts to become MTIs are uh, protecting our nuclear weapons no and and no have you know top secret so, so security clearances. You're spot on, Chief. So I think you this know? is the balance piece that we talk about in selecting the right people, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll share that my career was based, and this is a personal hit, I probably shouldn't have been the person that has reached this pinnacle level solely based on who I was before I came into the military. Mm -hmm. But just as you. Were you like a thug? Uh, yeah, like, I was running pretty hard. Rocks, you know, you like Zulu Nation, you know, I was, I was hardcore. Like, remember the Wu-Tang Clan the we never heard about? <laughs> Triumph, that was me. <laughs> But the reality is, is that someone invested in us. Right. Someone saw more in us than we saw in ourselves. And I think that's something that goes back to regardless of the job you have, you gotta really know these people. You gotta know yeah. what caliber, what gonna what they're gonna bring to the table. Yeah. You know? You know, bottom line is, you know, you you like I said, you and I, we have a responsibility to build build the right leaders and give them the right skills and, and the right attitude and, and timeliness, you know, that, that also counts. And I know you've been getting after that with the changes that you've made in the first sergeant and and we've been doing it uh throughout the the air force with some of the things that we've been trying to do with our enlisted pme and yeah. and and trying to get better at managing talent putting the right talent in the right place and uh you know we'll we'll keep working on that and we'll keep working on making our airmen uh more resilient yeah. which is which is key to i think their overall readiness uh, as well as their overall fitness and health hey let's transition i think harry has some questions for us from from the audience yes sir these questions come from reddit facebook instagram and twitter Ooh. oh man deep yep uh we've selected the best questions based on commonality so the questions that we selected were actually um asked on multiple venues the question number one chief pinero is for you is what does the new dsd changes what do the new dsd changes do for those interested in becoming a first sergeant well the beauty is that they are no longer part of the DSD process. So no longer does AFPC choose these individuals based on records and past performance. Those things still apply, but based on the new spec ad that we just pushed out is that now they can volunteer. And, uh, and you know, this is internally, right? So we're starting to grow these first sergeants right from the squadrons they come from. So the squadron leadership is heavily engaged in vectoring them up to the wing and the wing will go right up to the MADSCOM and say, these are my you know, top five. And then they'll push those names to APC. APC will do our round search, and then we send them right back. But wasn't part of the reason that we started DSD um, because we couldn't get enough volunteers? Yeah, yeah, true. First sergeants? I'll tell you, and, and Chief, uh, Chief Master Air Force, I think you're spot on with this. Um, what we were doing is uh, creating this volume for folks who probably didn't want to do the job. So we were selecting folks uh, and probably putting them in a position where we weren't really vectoring if they were the right people because we didn't want them to go to the first sergeant academy, get to their first unit, and then tell their story about how they were picked uh, versus them going out there and volunteering to do the job. You know, you, you, if you look at, if you hear some of these stories of these folks who actually are volunteering to be first sergeants, they're, they're captivating, right? No different than us. Uh, first sergeant saved my life and I want to give it back. Uh, 
I, I, I care about our airmen this much. I want to invest into them. These are real world conversations with senior CEOs who really want to invest into their airmen. So uh, now they can volunteer, but uh, their leadership has to be in the button. So they got to get all green lights from their leadership to say this is the right person. And, and we're fighting for those right people. Uh, we got a lot of folks who probably, uh, again, never saw themselves doing this, but after they sit down with their leadership teams and they share their, how they see them, it, it maneuvers their, their opportunities to, to lead in this, uh, in this position. Thank you, Chief. Question number two, is it true that it's hard to get promoted as a first sergeant? Oh, well, I'll tell you, it's hard to get promoted in the Air Force, right? Um, uh, first sergeants are no different. It's challenging. I think uh, as a senior CEO, the expectations that come with the position are, are challenging, um, but no different than any other senior CEO in the, in the field. Um, you got to apply yourself, right, to be the best version of you. Um, and you can't cheat the system. I'll tell you what happened a lot a while back. Uh, we saw a lot of folks that thought becoming a first sergeant was the easy button, right? Uh, to get promoted to senior and then to chief. And and I think sometimes uh, that direction is is uh, it's misleading. At the end of the day, past performance is based on what you do. Uh, and I think that's the direction we've taken now with no more testing, right? We want to see what you've done uh, and performance, and that will automatically lead to whether or not you need to get promoted. You know, I, as a caveat, right, I remember having one of my uh, my commanders tell me that when you get promoted, the, it's the Air Force who sees the potential of you serving in that rank, right? Um, but we lose sight of that, and, uh, and I heard that. Just recently when we promoted uh, our senior master sergeants to chief, you know, there was a lot of folks out there who probably were thinking, I'm on that list, uh, that probably failed to do their part. Uh, that means staying consistent and keeping that because there was an expectation. Oh, I'm gonna get promoted, I, you know. And man, the fight is always the fight. You know, you got to stay in there. We got we got great airmen in our United States Air Force, and uh, and they're all worthy of a promotion. But we only are fortunate to promote a small pool, and those individuals need to make sure that uh, they're doing their part. So my push to that question is, yeah, it's challenging, but man, you can do it if if you really are deemed to do it. Uh, mm -hmm. Last question uh, was not submitted ahead of time, but I'm sure it will be um, submitted once people are listening to this. What happened at Bed Bath and Beyond? Oh, you sure you want to hear that story? <laughs> I may, I may, I may put the Chief Master on the Air Force on that one. No, 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 no. It was it was Bath and Body Works, right? Ba it was Bath Body Work. Yeah, was it? Ba yeah, it was Bath and Body or Body. What's it called? Bath and Body. Bath Works, and Body yeah. Works. Yeah, Bath and Body. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we were in Phoenix, and, uh, and we went to a, a cigar lounge. It's called um, uh, Fine Ash. Fine, fine Ash, Ash Cigars. That's right, and that's right. uh, we good. just give a pre plug. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's man, fine. That's not cool. Yeah, it was great. It was great. It's a great, uh, <laughs> great location, man. Great people, uh, Sam and Rosie, and uh, uh, Xavier. Uh, so it was it's, it's, it was really good. Anyway, uh, in in the ba in the men's restroom they had uh, lotion. So you go and you wash your hand, and they had this like five bottles of lotion. It's man, and it was amazing, right? It smelled good. It was smelled like cologne. And uh, so I came out and I asked Rosie, uh, one of the owners, like, "Hey, where'd you get that lotion?" And she said, "Hey, Bed Bath and Beyond." <clears throat> 
And the next day, uh, Chief P and I, Manny and I, uh, we happened to be out at this this uh, yeah, outlet mall yeah. on our way to dinner, and we go to Bed Bath and Beyond. And so we go in and we see the men's section, and we find all this lotion. <laughs> And man, we were like two kids in a candy store. We were the only dudes in there, and we were spraying lotion and rubbing each other's hands. And I think for context, Chief, both you and Chief P, the audience should know, y'all dress really sharp, right? <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we were we were dressed for we dinner, dressed so for dinner. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we were we were like two little schoolgirls giggling, like, hey, smell this one, hey, smell oh, that one. This, this, this smells this. nice. Oh, one. This is, <laughs> and then we, we we each bought up like three or four bottles of this lotion and and we we didn't think I I don't know if people were watching us or not <laughs> and we didn't think anything about it until they gave us the little the little bag the little pretty the little baggie that that comes with bag that came in and oh, we were walking down <laughs> we were walking out <laughs> down the mall with these little bags smelling all pretty and <laughs> <laughs> smiling. <laughs> I realized what I was what I was holding in my hand. <laughs> I, like, I wonder if any of our airmen saw us. <laughs> they probably thought we were married to each other. <laughs> it was classic, classic. Yeah, was, Not that there's nothing wrong with that, but I felt yeah, yeah. My, my whole demeanor changed because I was walking out with this little bag. I even had my pinky out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. yeah, was, and then Chief P wanted fun. to go shopping for sweaters. He wanted to go I, shopping for sweaters. The bag. Well, I was like, for, no, man. Let's, I grabbed the bag. Let's hardcore. put these bags in the car first. Yeah. <laughs> so the the backstory uh, also is is that when y'all are on the road. Um, you got to eat dinner a lot, and, and y'all both know a lot of people. Everywhere you oh, go yeah. is an Air oh, Force yeah. base. You're on the road 290 days a year. And um, and so y'all are, like you said earlier in the podcast, one of the things I noticed when I joined the team, y'all are like sometimes like an old married couple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> true. Yeah. True that. True that. Yeah. So, yeah. That's the, yeah, that I, you know, I, I'll tell you, uh, Harry, you touched on something. <clears throat> and if I could real quick, that's because of the respect level that we have for each other. You know, there's no doubt. Uh, Chief Master Sergeant Air Force 18, most senior enlisted person in our United States Air Force, uh, who trusts me as an advisor to provide him the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? And uh, and that's huge, right? That's a huge testament to our relationship because we actually had to grow. People assume that we've known each other throughout our whole career, and it's and that's a compliment, solely based on our relationship. Uh, they say things like, man, you guys must go back. When he asked you to join the team, where did you meet him? You know, and I go, man, I never met this guy before he called me, you know. <laughs> but the reality is, is that he trusted my professional demeanor. He, he, he valued uh, what I brought to the table. And that is a huge platform to try to, you know, I didn't, the cred, my credibility had been established, good or bad or indifferent. I would have went on and retired and pressed on. He didn't need me, but you know, having that opportunity for him I to reach out. I still don't need you, sucker. I know, I know. I, <laughs> I, I, just, I just put it out there, so I try to <laughs> sell it to myself. Chief, one of the things I've always wondered, I mean, it's obvious to us who know Chief P, Yeah. but, um, but you really, you didn't know him that well. Why did you? Because you interviewed people for the job and you set your mind that Chief P was the right guy. Why, what was behind that decision? Well, it's not that I, we, we hadn't spent a lot of time together, <clears throat> but Manny's reputation uh, as a first sergeant and as a leader preceded him. And, and I, I arrived in Germany as the third Air Force and USAFE command chief uh, right after he left, maybe a year or so after he left. And 
I think there was a time I was prepping for a speech on enlisted history in the command and 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 that during my research Manny's picture kept popping up and these stories about him and 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 all the things that he he had done for the command uh, so that was my first introduction and then we crossed paths a mm-hmm. few times at various ceremonies and we got a chance to talk a little bit he was running the joint NCO leadership program over at National Defense University and I came over to speak a couple of times and so I had all these interactions with with him and uh, I thought man this guy would 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 be good based upon his reputation and and what I've seen of him so far and and um, so I I decided to ask him to join the team and and it's it's been great so yeah man man, thanks for your for your service Um, we again we we're like brothers like literally like brothers because we do get on each other's nerves we fuss and cuss and fight you know quite a bit but it's all you know to try to get after the 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 unique challenges that we have in our our air force so yeah thanks man hey man what keeps you up at night man um i'll tell you uh suicides chief uh i think it's the same story that we've kind of bounced off each other on our travels man it just it breaks my heart man that a young 22 23 you know, even sometimes 40-year-old, you know, seasoned senior CEO who feels that they have no more options. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, that bothers me because, you know, we're the first to see these op reps. You know, we see them all, from all over the world, you know, and I'm talking every total force. And it, 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 still, it still bothers me mm-hmm. that, that we have these folks who choose uh, this path where, man, there are so many other options, you yeah. know. So that 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 still bothers me, um, you know. And I think just the welfare of our airmen every day. Yeah. Uh, I try to keep that as a as a point for what we do and the decisions that we make and how our decisions affect them. Yeah, yeah, that's something that that keeps me up at night and keeps a lot of us uh, up at night. I feel I feel good about uh, some of the work that we've been doing, some of the work that A One Z and our our team has has oh, been doing. Um, I feel good about the Air Force Wingman outreach page and and how our airmen and the community of airmen across the Air Force are really uh, attempting to self-heal and taking care of each other. I feel good that we've dedicated more resources. We need we need more, but we've dedicated more resources to uh, mental health and, and and some of those challenges. So I'm I'm hopeful that this trend will will yeah. turn itself around and big big shortly. kudos yeah. to the folks out there who managed you know those that outreach page i mean uh, ian bush i mean you see his name attached to a lot of the anonymous mm-hmm. uh, pieces but a lot of folks don't know that uh ian bush is the son of a uh, chief mass sergeant retired lucky bush yeah who uh who was the first sergeant academy commandant so it's, it's in the it's in the dna for him yeah. to want to be involved and engaged with our airmen but those guys and gals out there who are still making a difference every day yeah so hey man, you set to retire um, next year in 2020 yes, September ish, yes, and uh, 32 years, yes, 33 sir. years 30, it'll be when you retire. 32 and some change. Yeah. Wow, it's old good. dusty. Um, yeah, I know. I know somebody so right, we, ne- right next door who's about 32. Yeah, whatever. Dusty and <laughs> so what are you gonna do next, man? What's next for for well, you? Well, you know, uh, sabbatical, a quick maybe a month or two of uh, just trying to figure it out. Uh, That's not a sabbatical. <laughs> it ain't my world, right? Not being engaged. But I, I definitely want to make sure that I, you know, start paying a little bit more attention to me and, and getting back to the things that I need, that I know are important uh, to stabilize my family time. Uh, but I'm a, you know, I'm a father that's rich with pride, man. I'm yeah, just, uh, yeah, man. 
I got a great, great uh, bride uh, who's been my rock for you know 28 plus years, mm-hmm. and uh, that by far has been my testament. You know, I I hear it a lot when I go to retirements, uh, what they're gonna miss or what they've received in development of uh, of being part of our profession. Man, but man, being a father, man, and a, and a husband, that's huge. And, yeah. I, and I, and I, I, I put that ahead because that's all the support that I've had mm-hmm. to do the things that I've been able to do. Um, but I'm gonna probably stick to the speaking engagements. You mm-hmm. know, I, I like the fact that um, you know that people actually want to hear me say something. Uh, I think I, I appreciate the opportunity. I'm humble with the gestures when people ask me to come out and speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just you know. No different than anyone else, man. I'm just trying to keep it real. Yeah. And uh, and 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 probably uh, if all works and to our master plan, you know, we'll 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 sit down and try to get some financial engagements to uh, hopefully open up a little cigar spot. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. And a uh, little little <coughs> little Scotch cigar don't hurt anyone. I know. I know. So uh, yeah, I'm good. looking forward to. But truthfully, man, I'm just I'm excited, man. Yeah. I'm excited about the transition. Uh, you know, people say it's hard. Uh, for me, this is easy money, man. Yeah. Uh, I think what I'll miss most is this, right? But we're going to have this. So. We're going to have this. Yeah. And uh, I, for one, man, I appreciate uh, what you do. Uh, I appreciate that, that you're excited, but you mentioned earlier that we got to run to the tape, run through the tape, and we got to finish strong. And uh, so we got more work to do uh, today. So we need to get no back doubt. to work today, <laughs> my friend. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, <laughs> and, man. Uh, I, but this has been fun, man. I. I appreciate you, and I know all the first sergeants and all the airmen across the Air Force and all the people that you've touched in your time, uh, not only in this role, but all, all throughout your time as a, a leader and a first sergeant. We all appreciate what you do, man, so so thank you. Um, and I look forward to, uh, you know, we'll retire around the same time. I look forward to seeing you on the other side, man, no and doubt, just man. enjoying well, life. Just I'm going to take more than a month off. <laughs> well, I'll be open, and if I can end by telling you, thank you again for this opportunity uh, to just sit down and and we ain't had I would say break bread, but we ain't got no damn food on this table. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, man, just the trust that you put in me to to do my part, man. And uh, one thing that I always remember is that when I asked you uh, about this position, you said this is your lane, mm-hmm. and just let me know how I could support you. And, yeah. and I tell you, that's huge, man. So. Yeah. I love you, man. And, uh, and just man, I love you too, man. Don't be getting you. all emotional. We I know got it's more early, work man. to do. I'll so. have you crying soon enough because yeah. you are retiring for me anyway. Yeah. So, but, all right. uh, but but just know, man. Uh, I'm thankful for this team, and uh, and I appreciate the opportunity to to go out the way we've gone. Yeah, thanks, well, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, our guest for today has been the first sergeant for the Air Force, the first sergeant special duty manager for the Air Force, Chief Master Sergeant Manny Pinheiro. So uh, thanks again, Manny. And thanks to all of the teammates who, all of our teammates who submitted questions. And let me say a special thanks to the folks who made this possible. Mr. Tony Young, uh, Master Sergeant Shinzato, uh, Sergeant Walters, I think Juan uh, has been behind the scenes uh, helping us out. I, uh, I think I'm, um, I didn't see him today, but uh, I know he's, he's helped us out quite often. And uh, the main man, uh, my main man, Senior Master Sergeant Harry Bubba Kibbe. So uh, they, we wouldn't be able to do this without them. And lastly, let me thank all of our current and our future leaders out there who are on the front lines, leading your teams, taking care of all of our airmen. Uh, it means a lot to each and every one of us. Uh, if you want to hear more about the things that we're doing here in the Office of the Chief Master Sergeant Air Force, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This has been 
your Blueprint Leadership Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm your 18th Chief Master in the Air Force, Khalif Wright. And remember, if better is possible, good is never enough. And you are your greatest competition.